Good evening, Lake Church. How's everybody doing? All right. I want to welcome our online audience. Good evening to everybody. I have a few announcements. Uh, the Graders, Ladies Grader is tomorrow evening. It's going to be at 7 o'clock, and it's going to be at the Area 51 Student Ministry Building. So if you want to be a part of that, it's tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Okay, and we also have another, I uh, want to remind everybody that John Ramirez, <clears throat> he's going to be here uh, February the 20th through the 23rd. He's a, a special guest, and he's going to bring a, a powerful message, and it's, we're going to, he's going to, it's going to be powerful, because he's, we're going to come against the, the weapons of the enemy, and we're going to be empowered, Amen. All right. Um, I also want to remind everybody, if you haven't, we've said it a lot, and we just want to remind you again, we have uh, the books out, uh, Secret World, and we also have uh, Train. Uh, if you haven't picked one of these up, go pick one up, thumb through it, look at it, uh, just give it a, just look over it. You're going to be blessed just by looking over it. There's, it's packed full of scripture. It's great. It's going to bless your life. So uh, we also have our um, offering. We're going to take our, our offering, not take it up right now. But if you have it, just want a couple ways to, to give. There's envelopes on the seat backs. You can take it and put it in the bucket back there. Jerry's back there. Uh, at lake-church.com, you can uh, get on there and follow the uh, links to giving. And you can go that way. And there is also text to give. I don't know if they have that up yet or not, but text to give is a, that's an easy way to do it. So something I was uh, just to encourage you with, just kind of meditating today on it, is uh, one of the, the uh, parables that uh, Jesus was telling the people. It, uh, in Matthew 13, it says, The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered around him so that he got into a boat and he sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went out to sow. A sower went out to sow. I am a sower. I am a sower and every one of you are a sower. We are stewards of God's money and we sow money into ministries right when we sell money into these ministries it does nothing but benefits God's kingdom and that's what we're doing and not only does that if we look down in verse 8 it says other seeds fell on good soil and then produced grain and some a hundredfold sixty and some thirty we reap a benefit off of sowing God's money that he entrusted to us into his kingdom so, I encourage you to be a good steward of God's money and to be a sower into his kingdom. Amen? All right. Uh, we are going to, uh, I guess we'll bless it. If you have your money, uh, you have your tithes, your offerings, uh, we'll just bless it. And uh, we'll uh, turn this uh, service over to uh, Pastor Greg, and he's going to bring the message. I thank you, Father, for entrusting us with your, your money. I thank you, Lord, that we can sow seed into your kingdom and you can grow it and we can 
you can benefit and you can have the, the, the glory. I thank you, Father, that you have uh, enabled us to uh, not just do that, but we can, we can give alms, we can sow seed, we can give our first fruits, and we, we thank you, Lord, and we bless you, and we give you thanks and honor for that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good evening, Lake Church. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we were going to have a um, missions banquet dinner on Sunday night. And, uh, you know, we got to brainstorming. And there's just so many wonderful things that are going on around the world that you are a part of. Every single one of you, if you're a member of this church or call this your, your home, God is doing tremendous things all around the world, and uh, you need to know about it. Amen? And so on the sign-up list, you know, it, we, we just wanted to make sure that you'd be able to hear the wonderful reports and uh, get to know the various ministries that we support around the world. So we have moved that to next Wednesday, right here, 7 o'clock, and we're going to feed you. Okay, we're going to feed you. So we're going we're gonna to feed you. So we're going to have something to eat. We're going to eat in here. And we're going to see what God is doing around the world through the giving of Lake Church. Amen? And uh, so I encourage you to, to be here. Don't play hooky because, you know, it's a different service. Um Come and be a part and see what God's doing because God has some good things he wants to do and even more. And you might get bit by the missions bug. Amen? And there is nothing wrong with that. Amen? So I encourage you, Bob will be giving the presentation. We've got videos from our missionaries all over the world that will be uh, talking and uh, ministering and, and uh, kind of sharing what there's going on. And then also we have people that have went on short-term mission trips, things of that nature, that will be giving exhortation as well. And uh, I think it's very, very important, amen, to get a missions vision for your life. Get a missions vision for your life. Amen. And we call it LC Worldwide. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that's my preliminary. And uh, with that, uh, we're going to turn in our Bibles to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. And I've entitled this message, and I believe it's most appropriate for what the Lord wants to do here tonight. It's called God's Medicine. Now, we've got a couple of people that are struggling right now, and they're struggling with this uh, virus and uh, the pneumonia that comes with it. Uh, and uh, we have prayer clause. How many remember in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts how the Apostle Paul would preach and minister with prayer clause, and the anointing would get on these clause, and we're going to, at the end of the service, we're going to pray over these things, and we're going to send them forth. But I'm going to put them in my pockets. And I'm going to preach with these claws on here because the, the anointing can be transmitted through cloth. Amen. Can't be transmitted through paper, but it can through cloth. I don't know why that is, 
but that's just the way that it is. And uh, so we're going to uh, allow the anointing to saturate uh, these claws. We're going to pray over them, anoint them with oil, and send them on their way. Amen? So you be believing with me as well. Amen? Because I've got some important things to share in regards to your life as well. And in regards, in regards to what people are experiencing all around the nation and around the world. And if you'll get a hold of these principles, it will transform and change your life. Amen? You know, I've been in ministry now for close to 30 years. Uh, I have ministered to all kinds of people in various stages of their life. I have uh, been uh, actively involved in people that have had chronic conditions, people that have had um, diagnoses that did not look good, and uh, even lost some people, you know, to the fight. Uh, but one thing that I do know, the Word of God works. And regardless of any experience that you may have experienced in regards to healing and deliverance, our experience never trump the Word of God. And one thing that you're going to have to make a de bold declaration of in your life today, especially as we operate in these end times, is you are going to have to believe that the Word of God is truth. It is not a truth, it is the truth. And that means everything else is a lie or a half-truth. That's hard to swallow for people. But it's the only way you're going to see the manifestation of God's power and presence in your life is if you're thoroughly convinced that God's Word is truth. You can't say it contains the truth. You can't say there's a little bit of truth in here, but there's truth in others. You can't do that. Jesus said this in the John, the 17th chapter. He told his disciples, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now this is Jesus, the Son of God, speaking on behalf of his Father and declaring that the word of God is the truth of God. Now it's very different in the, uh, in the Roman, Greco-Roman mindset. Because in the Greco-Roman mindset, truth was really reality. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he was basically saying, I am the way and I am the reality. So if he is the reality and how he operated on planet earth was the reality, and his gospel is the reality, then that means everything else is a facade. It's just natural, you know, progression of, 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 of using your senses will tell you that that's exactly what it is. It's a fact that there, there's a facade out there that we've been exposing over the last couple of years, this matrix of unbelief and trying to mask God and mask the things of God. And, uh, and then Jesus comes in and he totally breaks all the barriers and he breaks all the rules because there are certain rules. You know, you don't talk to storms and you don't talk to mountains and you don't talk to you know, fig trees, and, and you don't, you know, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to raise people from the dead, but yet he did that. And then he goes on and says, the works that I do shall you do, and greater works than these. So he's, he's, he's basically saying, I'm, I'm the reality. Yeah. 
So here's, here he has 12 men that have been confined in a matrix. He comes in as the last Adam, operating like the first Adam, but even better. And he's showing them, hey, I'm doing this as a man anointed by God. I'm not doing this as God. I'm doing it as a man anointed by God because the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Well, if he was operating as God, he wouldn't need the anointing because he is the anointing. Do you understand that? See, that's the reason why we don't see one miraculous act for the first 30 years of his life. It's because when he was baptized in the River Jordan, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he came out of that baptismal pool, empowered by the Spirit of God, ready to do the mission that God called him to do. And he had to walk in total submission to God. He had to only do what he saw his father do and only say what he heard his father say. Now, people will say, well, Jesus could do anything he wanted to do. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus never said, I can do anything I want to do. He said, I can only do. Oh, yeah, if you get a hold of this, it'll change your life. I can only do what my father says I can do. He had limitations as to what he could do. And in fact, when he went to his own hometown, they wouldn't receive him the way the other towns had received him because of the history and fact that he was raised there. And it says, and he could there do no mighty work. You mean God manifesting the flesh could not do a mighty work in his own hometown? Well, guess what? It didn't say he wouldn't. It said he couldn't. Amen? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so you got to get a hold of this. The Word of God is reality. It is truth. So that means all 66 books in here and every page that's in here is the truth of God. And you've got to get that down in your spirit. If you have any doubt about it, then it's going to greatly affect your walk with the Lord. Because this is steadfast and true. Amen? Well, I don't understand it. And they say there's contradictions and things of that nature. Well, this is not just a surface book. This is not Grisham. This is not Shakespeare. This is a fully interactive book. This is a book you fellowship with. Amen. Amen? Are you with me tonight? This is a book that you fellowship with. I don't read this just to read so that I can be a good Christian. Some of you are so wrapped up and getting five and ten chapters in so that you can put your little star on your Christian marker board. No, I read this to hear. Let me say that again. I read this to hear because I know that that's how faith comes. And faith is the victory that overcomes what? The world. Faith is the victory that overcomes COVID. Faith is the victory that overcomes cancer. Faith is the victory that overcomes heart failure. Faith is the victory that overcomes chronic high blood pressure. Faith is the victory that overcomes diabetes. Faith is the victory that, that, that overcomes any and all maladies that we may face in our body. And we're going to be talking about healing today and the application of God's medicine. Amen. So one of the things that we need to understand is that there are different modes 
in which God heals his people. And a lot of times we're trying to get God to do something that he has relegated to the lost in the house of the redeemed. And God desires to operate differently. It's not that he doesn't operate that way sometimes. It just means that his desire is for his children to partake of the bread of healing every day. And that because of their ongoing relationship with him, operate in a level of divine health. Now, someone that is outside of the will of God and someone who is lost, they have no covenant with the Lord. So they're very dependent on a manifestation of the Spirit. Amen? A lot of times we say, well, we would like manifestations of the Spirit, the, the, the nine manifestations of the Spirit to happen in these services. Oh, I just would like to hear a tongue interpretation. I would like to see a, you know, working of miracles and gifts of healings. But this is not the target audience for that. It's, it's not the target audience for that. In fact, see, people, you're looking at me the way that they looked at Jesus in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Um, he said the same thing I just said, different way, and they wanted to throw him off a hill. Do you remember what he said? Luke chapter 4. You know, he says, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. He has anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted and to heal the captives, set the captives free and, the, you know, and, and all that. And then he sits down and he says, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, which means that he has released it. It's released into the atmosphere and it was up to them to do something with it. He was just going to sit by and be ready to act when they were ready to act, but they didn't want to do it. They began to admire him and say, oh, this is, this is Joseph and Mary's son. And they began to, you know, esteem him wrongly instead of activating and getting a hold. This happened many times. In fact, in the Gospels, it says that when he was in a place and he was preaching and declaring the word of God, it said the power of the Lord was present to heal. But yet no one got healed except for the paralytic man that was born down, you know, born by four. Okay. Why? Because no one was activating what was in the atmosphere. Do you, do you understand that? See, right now, as I'm preaching the Word of God, the atmosphere is changing. The atmosphere within you, the atmosphere in this room, the atmosphere going online because it's not contained. Okay? So the healing, the power to heal is here. But you've got to make a decision, what am I going to do with that? Okay, so there are plug-ins somewhere. There's plug-ins up here. But, and they've got power to those plug-ins. But the only way I can get in that power or get that power to where it benefits me is I've got to plug into it. I've got to plug into it. Well, that's what we do when the power of God shows up. We've got to learn to plug into it. Amen. And we plug into it through our belief. Okay. God's power to heal you is right here, right now. 
God is here. His hand is open to you. His face is towards you. He's given you the best of heaven to ensure that he has said yes to what you need. Amen? But a lot of times what we want is something that has been relegated to proclaim the gospel to the lost. And the gifts of healings and the working of miracles are meant to proclaim the gospel and give it credence and to testify about it. A believer like you and I, because I'm assuming that everyone here is a believer because you wouldn't come on a cold Wednesday night if you weren't. But if you aren't, we'll have people here to pray with you and, and, and so that you can accept the Lord. But most of us here are believers here, okay? Now, God expects a believer to access what has been given to him through Christ. That means that I don't have to wait on a service. I don't have to wait on an evangelist to come in town. I don't have to wait for, you know, a special meeting or some kind of special get-together or if brother so-and-so shows up or sister so-and-so prays. I don't have to wait on nothing. It can happen in my shower. It can happen on my drive to work. It can happen in the darkest place and it can happen in the brightest place. It can happen anytime I want it to. Because the Word of God is reality, and the Word of God is truth. And if I learn to operate in that truth, I'll begin to learn to channel that truth and that reality into my body, and it will drive out sickness and disease and infirmity. But we've got to learn how God heals the believer. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't anoint with oil, and that doesn't mean we don't lay hands on the sick, but we don't come waiting for something to be given to us. We are activating what is already inside of us. It's a major difference. It's a major revelation to understand that healing virtue and power is on the inside of you, that it is activated by faith, and that the laying on of hands and the Anointing with oil are just points of contact in which you say, I release. Yes. What? Oh, are you with glory, me? Glory, glory. Now, out in the world, we anoint with oil and we lay hands on the sick because we're operating as ambassadors of Christ. It's a very different mode. But when we're among family, everybody's got a place at the table. Come on. Everybody does. So the bread's there. Healing is what? The children's bread. Amen? So the, the children can eat bread all day long. As much bread as you want to eat is available, and it's represented by this book right here. Okay? So here's my first point that you must write down in your Bible. Or wherever. It's for the Christian in this dispensation, or in this age of grace that you and I live in, the Christian, the Word is the healer today. 
Get a hold of that. Most people aren't getting a hold of that. They're waiting for some man, some gift to come in. Well, you know, if Kevin Powers comes in, I know, you know, he laid hands on me last year and wham, I, you know, I was, I was well for six months and he's coming around again. Thank God it's, it's acting up again, you know. And so they're looking for an event and a man and they're not looking to God. Okay. And so we're wanting, uh, back in the 90s when I was coming up in ministry, it was Benny Hinn. And Benny Hinn had tremendous gifts of the Spirit that operated in his meetings. Now, whether you want to agree with Catherine Coleman or Benny Hinn or any of them, whether you have anything to say about them, you can't deny. God worked through those people and people were transformed and they were healed. Now, you can talk about the person all you want to. Listen, God uses donkeys. I'm living proof. Okay? The people are not perfect. You study all of them. They weren't perfect. And guess what? You aren't either. And I'm not either. God's grace. Amen? And he worked through these men. And so people would, I mean, at the, I think it was the Maybe Center, he came in like the mid-90s, and people were just lined up all around. But here is the sad commentary of that. Majority of them were Bible-believing, tongue-talking Christians that already were in good churches. But because healing isn't taught the way that it should be taught, they're looking to get something when they need to be looking to release something. They need to be taught what they have uh, in the Word of God and in, um, inside of them. Amen? So point number one. The Word is the healer. Now let's look at Psalm 107. Psalm 107. I love Psalm 107 because in every predicament he gives you the answer because throughout this psalm we don't have time to go through all of it but it talks about someone who has wandered and has gotten lost it talks about someone who is rebellious and has turned from God uh, it, it, it talks about person that's foolish and makes dumb decisions and gets themselves in harm's way and every single time God Answers their cry for help. But he says it in a very specific way. Verse 20, he sent out his word. What did he send? Word. Well, if Jesus would just show up and walk these aisles, and if he would just declare to me that I'm healed, then I'd be healed. He sent his word. The word is the healer. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all of their destruction. The word destruction there means they were delivered from the pit of death. So it's talking about physical ailment, not spiritual ailment, not solical ailment. God, he just heals the soul. Yes, he does. But he's talking about your body. 
There are people that say, well, God heals spiritually. Well, you don't need to be healed spiritually. Your spirit is in the like, like and nature of God himself. It's, uh, Jesus lives on the inside of you. Does he need healing? Does he need to be fixed? I need someone to fix the Jesus in me. No, no, you're not going to be out. You, he's fixed. What's the problem? The soul and the physical body. Now, people will tell you that healing has been done away with. And they'll tell you that over and over and over again. But yet they'll go to the doctor. Healing's not the will of God, Pastor. Well, then why are you trying to get fixed? Did you know that you were made so well that even your body right now, if you fell down and scuffed your knee, in two weeks that thing's going to be healed up. You won't even know it was there. That is just a sample of the healing power that's already been put within your body. All we're doing is tapping into the source that takes it to the next level. Amen? So the Word is the healer. Everybody say that. The Word is the healer. Jesus is the Word, is He not? So when the Word heals us, Jesus heals us. It's just as active and just as real as if Jesus came and physically touched you. Amen? Okay. Now, uh, let me give you an illustration of this. I was uh, studying one of my favorite preachers is Derek Prince. I love Derek Prince. And uh, he was talking about when he was in World War II, he had uh, contracted an incurable skin disease and was basically relegated for a whole year in northern Africa hospitals, military hospitals. And he said they were the worst conditions possible. And so he was there for a whole year. The doctors had absolutely no clue. He said he got saved, he got filled with the Spirit, and began to operate in spiritual gifts. And he was just such a pagan that he didn't realize he didn't have to go to church to do all three. So he's praying and seeking the face of God. He said, well, he said, I need to know if this healing is real. So he got him a Bible, and he got him some, some highlighter uh, pencils at the time because it's World War II, pencils at the time. And he, he got a blue pencil to mark every healing scripture in the, in the Bible. And so he's reading the whole Bible because he had all the time in the world and he's taking his blue pen and marking every healing scripture. And he says, you know what I found out? I had a blue Bible. <laughs> but he begins to pray and seek the face of God. And all of a sudden in Egypt, see he's over in uh, Libya, and over in Egypt, God speaks to a brigadier uh, Salvation Army lady that's a brigadier general in the Salvation Army because she had got her rank because her husband had died, and that's what happened. They get the rank of the husband when they pass away. And she's got on her little garb, and she gets a lady from Oklahoma and a driver, and they drive all the way where he's at 
get him in the hospital, go in there and say, we need, to, we need this young man to go out to the car with us and pray. And he said he didn't know what was going on and didn't, wasn't even asked. He just got up and went to the car, and they sat in a little four-seat car, and he's got this incurable, you know, physical ailment that has impaired him. And um, so the four of them talk to, talk to him about why they're there, and they begin to pray. And as they begin to pray, the little girl from Oklahoma begins to shake and quake. And then the brigadier general begins to shake and quake. And Derek Prince begins to shake and quake. And the driver begins to shake and quake. And the car begins to shake and quake. But it's not on. It's not driving. And all of a sudden, a tongue, and a tongue came forth. Now, I want you to get a hold of this. A tongue came forth. You would think that the quaking was the healing. It wasn't. It wasn't. A tongue came forth and then the interpretation. And he said he'll never forget the interpretation of that. And I'm going to read just a portion of it. But this is very, 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 this is so applicable to your life here tonight said, consider the work of Calvary. This is the interpretation of the tongue. A perfect work. Perfect in every respect. Perfect in every aspect. Let me say that again. Very simple but powerful revelation. He walked out of that car not any better than when he went in. But he knew he had gotten a word. He got his answer. It was up to him to apply and seek out what revelation he was just given. Notice what she said. Consider Calvary. I'm asking you tonight, consider Calvary. What he was saying and what the Holy Spirit was saying to Derek Prince and he's saying to you tonight, if you can get a hold of the revelation of Calvary, and the atoning work of Jesus Christ on your behalf, you will have need of nothing. That's what he said. But most do not pursue. Most do not pursue that. He sent his word and healed us and delivered us from all of our destruction. He gave him a word. He said, consider Calvary, consider the cross, consider the atoning work of Jesus it said a perfect work now it, it, it got a hold of him because he is a Greek scholar and he was reading the New Testament in Greek and he had happened to be reading this, the 19th chapter of the gospel of John where Jesus his last words on the cross was it is what it is what Amen. Did he say it's, it just started? Is that what he said? 
Do you say, well, we're well on our way. We've, we've got a good start here. We've got a good first step. Is that what he said? Most Christians live that way. Most believers believe that. Well, Jesus just started it up. No, Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. And in the Greek, that phrase, it is finished, is one Greek word. One. And it means this. Let me read it to you. It is the Greek word, tetelestra. And it means it's in the perfect tense. What does the perfect tense in the Greek mean? The perfect tense means that it is applicable to all tenses. Oh, please, get a hold of my little English major here. Perfect tense is every tense. That means that it is, and, and God often talks this way. When he uses the word I am, that's, that, that's all tenses. Do you understand what I'm saying? That means I am in the past, I am in the present, and I will be in the future. And so this perfect tense, it is finished, means that Jesus has taken care of all time with his sacrifice. And if you wanted to get really technical about it, it means to do something perfectly is what the word means. To do something perfectly. That means if you wanted to amplify it, you could say it this way. Jesus' sacrifice is perfectly perfect. It is completely complete. Everybody say that with me. Jesus' sacrifice is perfectly perfect and completely complete. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? See, what was the revelation? He sent his word and he healed him. Well, he walked out of the car the same way that he came in. He was no better, but he got something. Okay, I'm going to offend you. I'm going to offend you real good, all right? Okay? The reason why we're not seeing more manifestation of the things of God is because we are in a famine of the Word. The churches of the last 20 years have been built on praise and worship, and community organized events. Am I against either of them? Absolutely not. But you can't build on those. I told you. The reason why we have the Bible school here, trained Bible college, the reason why we have Sunday night school and the reason why we teach here and emphasize teaching. Now, I could fill a bunch of seats, go out and hire the best band I can, 
and this place would be filled up. Because majority of people, if you ask them why they go to church, oh, I just love that music. Hello. But don't say nothing about the Word. Nothing. In fact, they shut down. In fact, there are people, and I've talked to them, that think that the praise and worship should be exceedingly more than the Word of God. I'm just going to tell you right now, I do not believe that, nor will I practice it. And if that means we part company, bye-bye. It's the Word that transforms lives. And don't sit there and tell me that those things, those songs that they sing can replace the Word of God. Half of them don't have the Word of God in them. Hello. It says he set his word above his very own name. Jesus didn't have a band. Never once in the scripture it says Peter got on the juice harp and James got on this. No, not one time did they talk about singing something. They, but crowds came. And what did the crowds come to hear? They came to hear the word. The reason why we're not seeing healing in your body is because you are not putting the word at the right priority in your life. You are not putting it at the same level as Jesus. Hello. I only got one more hour of this, so might as well get happy. But I'm, I'm just trying to help you. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. People will come in with a sickness in their body, and they'll want to immediately get prayer. Immediately. I need prayer right now. Could you pray for us? Listen, we don't have time to stay till the end of the service. Could you do that, you know, in the intermission and in between? Could you pray for us? Because we got to go shopping or we got to go. Okay, all right. Well, we're, we're going to finish that point here by looking at the scriptures. Okay, let's look at Luke. Some of you get mad because you love your worship. And I love worship too. But I tell you what, you can't even worship right without the Word. People singing all kinds of stupid stuff. Singing themselves to hell. Hello. Amen. Oh, I got, a st I got some stories, but I'm not going to tell you. I want you to look at the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Okay? You better start esteeming the Word. I do not understand how a church can stand before the Lord Jesus Christ with a 25-minute sermon once a week for their people. 
I, I cannot fathom that. People get mad at me for preaching an hour. That's okay. I'm going to keep doing it. Because I know what you need. Hello. Well, I can't sit that long. Well, then you got a problem. I don't think it has to do anything with your backside. I think it has everything to do with your will. And listen, we don't always need feel-good, pick-me-up messages either. In fact, majority of the Word of God is corrective. So that means we might get a little upset because we might be living cross... Uh, God forbid, but we might live contrary to what the Word of God says. And we might need to make an adjustment. Amen? See, there's such a lack of humility in the body of Christ. We don't want to come God's way. We want God to do it our way. And that's the reason why we're waiting for the man that's supposed to have the power and supposed to have this and supposed to have that. And we're waiting for some kind of moving of the water. And all the while, if we'll just simply humble ourselves and come to God God's way, we can have manifestation 10 times out of 10. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? It says, on one occasion, verse 1, while the crowd was pressing in on him to listen to the good band, to sign up for the next community project. Am I against these things? I'm not against them at all. But if you're basing the entire church life on these two things, you are not being scriptural. And people are not getting their needs met because you're not giving them what they need. You're giving them what they want. I remember when we decided not to have praise and worship on Wednesday night. We didn't know if it'd work. We thought people would pick at us. I remember I said, man, I don't know if it'd work, you know. I don't know. But it works. I said it works. Now, granted, you know, it ain't filled to the hilt, but hey. Transformation happens. But notice that they came to hear the word of God. All right? They came to hear the word of God. Notice this, and here's my point number two, and you've got to get a hold of this. You don't come to get healed. You come to hear and be healed. Do you understand what I'm saying? They came to hear. Now, look, go, look at chapter 5 again. Chapter 5 again. Drop down to verse number 16 or 15. It says, But now even more the report about him went about, went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and be healed. 
They came first to do what? So I'm not, need to, my focus doesn't need to be on heal. My focus needs to be on hear. Let's see another witness. Let's look at, uh, drop over to chapter 6 and verse number 18. It says, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. <coughs> so what's the focus, guys? The focus is on the hearing. Multiple times Jesus said this, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He also said, Pay attention to what you hear. And then in another gospel he says, Pay attention to how you hear. So hearing is vital and important. So if we would make it about the hearing, then we can get to where the healing happens for a believer. Okay? Even for an unbeliever can operate in this as well. You don't have to wait for a meeting. You don't have to wait for somebody's special prayer. You can hear and be healed. Okay? So we've got to learn to hear first. But what does a crisis situation generally do to you? or a diagnosis due to you, it puts you in a position to not hear. It puts you in an emergency situation to where you're not interested in hearing. You just want results immediately. And then a lot of people get empty hands laid on empty heads and get nothing because there's no faith to work with. There's none. Because hearing is how faith comes. Number three. Number three point. Hearing is how faith comes. Guess what? You might not be a big giant of faith tonight. But you can hear and you can receive faith. It's a gift from God. When the word is proclaimed in an anointed way either through the teaching of the word, the preaching of the word, through the witness of another individual, are you just simply reading your Bible yourself? You can get faith by hearing. Let's look at Romans. Go over to Romans. Romans 10 and verse number 17. It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ is what the actual Greek says. And that's, there's, a, there's a difference. I know that King James and other versions say word of God, and that's certainly true. But it, you, you miss a very uh, salient point when you use the word Christ because Christ means the anointed. So it's not just any word. Here, here's another point, and don't get mad at me. You can hear the word through some 
in some services and not get faith. Because it's not just hearing a word. It's hearing an anointed word. Now, I've been in services where the word's anointed, and I've been in services where the word is not anointed. Can anybody testify? The word was the same, but it wasn't anointed with the anointed of Christ. It's not just any word, guys, because people can read the Bible out loud, and you get absolutely nothing out of it at all. But when a ministry gift or when... Someone who is anointed of God is ministering forth and speaking the word. Praise God. Faith comes. How many have ever sat in a service? Faith is coming right now. Faith's coming right now to your life. Right now in Jesus' name. It's up to you to do something with it. It isn't up to me and it isn't up to God. God has done everything he's going to do about your situation. You either work with the tools he gives you and stop trying to get him to do something that he's not going to do. Well, I want him to do it this way. And I want this to happen. That's not the way it works. You're not going to subject God to your modes and your methods and your will. Your job is to hear. Stop worrying about God's job to heal. Let God be God and you be you. And you do what He what you are supposed to do, and He'll do always what He He'll always do. What He says He'll do. You gotta put yourself in a position to hear. Well, I'm telling you, church once a month is not putting yourself in a position to hear. Church once a week is not putting yourself in a position to hear. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just sorry. You want miracles. You want things to happen. And you're not in a position to hear anything. And there are people that will tell me that they're not getting victory in their life. And you can tell if they cannot do the simplest thing like drive their car to an air-conditioned building with nice seats, the big butt seats that we bought, and hear and listen to a message consistently... I know they're not praying. I know they're not reading the word. And I know they're not listening to the podcast. And that's what everybody, I'm listening to podcasts. podcast. Really? Well, if it was doing the job, you wouldn't be in this situation. I know this is hardcore, but my goodness gracious, we got Omicron running around. It's time we get serious about this stuff, friends. James Alexander Dowie, you know, up in Zion, Illinois. He was a Baptist, a Baptist minister during a time of a great plague where people were dying left and right. He was burying members every week. 
he finally said, no more. I'm not burying not one more person in my church. And praise God, he, he caused a, a healing revival to happen. Read about it. Was he a perfect man? No. Did he lose his mind later on? Yes. But God used him. And in fact, Zion, Illinois was known for the fact that there was not one K out there that, that was one of the healthiest places in the United States. In fact, John G. Lake, when he went up in, uh, I believe it was Oregon, Oregon was listed the most healthiest place in America because of his teaching. Well, I believe Manford, Oklahoma needs to be the... Well, what's it going to come through? 50-minute praise services and 10 minutes a word? Going out and painting everybody's house and mowing every widow's lawn? You know, that is the Great Commission. Go forth and mow every widow's lawn. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. But if you're doing it at the expense... That's a part of discipleship, serving others. I have no problem with that. But you got to, we, we, we have majored on what to do instead of why we do it. And I'm telling you, that's dangerous. See, your work needs to be motivated from a relationship with this word. If I'm going to serve you, it needs to be motivated from a heart. But otherwise, it's just wood, hay, and stubble. Otherwise, it ain't going to count for anything. If I'm just doing it to show up because I want to look good in front of somebody, that's wood, hay, and stubble, friends. Okay? So faith comes not just by necessarily just, well, I'm going to find me a scripture and... You know, or I'm just going to read a few chapters or, you know, no. Faith, when faith comes, you'll know it. I mean, you'll know it. I mean, I'm telling you one time I was facing something in my body and I got into Isaiah 53 and I just began to meditate on Isaiah 53 and I'd take, take out the text and I would read it over and over and over and over again. And it didn't happen the first time. It didn't happen the second time. It didn't happen the third time. It didn't happen the seventh time. It didn't happen the tenth time. It didn't happen the fifteenth time. It didn't happen the sixteenth time. But as I began to meditate and began to look at that and began to repeat that and proclaim that and began to look at that, all of a sudden, light. How many know what I'm talking about? Light. And it's, this is the reaction you get. I see it. Eureka. Light bulb. Boom. I see it. 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 And what, what, what is the number one indicator that you've seen something revelatory? Joy. Joy is the number one indicator. 
Now, many of you know and have experienced this experience, but there are people that are watching, no one here, of course, that has never been put in a position and has not put themselves in a position to hear to that level. And it's, here's my, here's my another point. Now, listen to this. Healing anointing only comes when we hear on that level. So that's partly the reason why maybe you're not seeing the manifestation you want to see is because you haven't heard to that level. Do you understand what I mean by that? I've heard to a level to where I see it. It's not just surface knowledge. It's just not mental ascent. It's not just that I've absorbed it by reading it. It's actually, it's come alive. It's jumped off the page and hit me right in my heart. And I know that I know that I know that God is showing me this. And when he does show me this, the anointing is there. See, you've got to understand how God's medicine works. Let's, let's go over because I'm running out of time. Let's go over to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. What are you going to do when a situation comes in your life? You know what? You don't have to call the prayer chain. In fact, you don't even have to bring anybody in on the situation. But I'm glad we have a church family where we can lift each other up. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not a lack of faith to bring someone in to help and assist at all. But guess what? If you're stuck in the middle of the desert with absolutely nobody around you and your phone is dead, you can access the power of God in your life. If you'll learn how to use the tools. Hello. I remember one of the former elders, he's since went on moved off but uh, he gave me a car one time and uh, so he was real happy to give me this car and he went out and bought a set of tools you know set of tools and um, I don't you know for you and, and for Jeff or somebody that, that just you know is a great benefit but for me it was absolutely a useless piece. Come on. It's just a box in the back of the car. Because if I broke down, I wasn't breaking out them tools. Hello. Now, Bob's come and helped me at my house, and he knows my situation. <laughs> I'm a toolless, you know, because I, I just, it just never was. My dad, I was a professional, um, you know, flashlight holder. You know, that's about all I know about doing the cars is getting cussed at while I'm trying to. 
Okay, so that's about all. And I had no interest at all. You know, my dad and my uncle, my uncle tried to help me, you know, learn, you know, uh, heating and air. And I was just like, <laughs> I didn't care at all. Son, you need to do it this way. <laughs> Whatever. Don't interest me. When do we get off? You know, when do I get paid? That's, that's all I, I didn't want to. I'll hold the flashlight for you. I'll, I'm pretty good at that. But, but the point is this. The point is this. God's given you a tool chest. And, and, and people are doing just exactly what I was doing. They have no regard for it whatsoever. It's just a box in the back of the trunk. And they'd much rather have somebody come and do it for them. And that may work with car repair and heating and air and plumbing, but it don't work in the kingdom. Hello. God expects you to grow. God expects you to use the toolkit. And I'm telling you, the enemy's going to make sure you use it. So you better know. And this is God's toolkit right here. Right here. This is what will bring the manifestation of the kingdom of God in your life every time. I can go to this book. I've got to put this book at the highest priority that there possibly is. And I've got to put the learning and the teaching of this book at a high priority. I can't shirk it off and say, well, I've heard that before. I've heard, I've got all the, I've had people say this. Well, I've got all these tapes. I've listened to that stuff for years and years and years. Well, it doesn't matter how many tapes you've got. It matters what you got in here. Faith does not come by having heard. It has to be continuous. In fact, when it comes to the wisdom of God, which is what we're talking about, revelation is the wisdom of God. Revelation light is the wisdom of God. In the book of Proverbs, wisdom is always referred to in the feminine whether it is in the Hebrew or in the Greek, it is in the feminine. And the reason why it's in the feminine is because God wants you to learn to correlate the fact that, that wisdom has to be pursued continuously. And in fact, when it comes to the husband and wife relationship, it is more of a picture of our relationship with Christ and the fact that he pursues us and that we must pursue him. And here is the problem, number one, that we have with a sick body of Christ is there's no pursuing of Jesus in their life. There's none. But yet they want all of the benefits... It's just like a horrible marriage. I want all of the sexual benefits, but I don't want to know who you are during the week. 
I want everything that benefits me, but I don't want to know who you are, your dreams, your desires. I'm not interested. That's the way we approach Jesus. Jesus, give me everything you can give me, but no, don't talk to me about that. Don't talk to me about that. I'm telling you our intimacy level is in direct proportion to divine life manifesting in our lives. Now notice what he says. You got time for some more? Ready for me to beat you up some more? I've had to beat myself up on this. See, I have to take the medicine first. Notice what it says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. He says, My son, be attentive to my words. Pay attention. To whose words? His words. Not CNN. Not Don Lemon. Hello? Not Fox News. Not your favorite talking head, your favorite commentator, or what the news is saying. He says, pay attention to my word. So he's talking about priority first, isn't he? He's talking about priority. So the word of God should have number one priority in your life. Amen. Now going back to Derek France, what he did after he got that word he realized that God's word is medicine. Okay, let's read that right here. Incline your ear to my saying. Let not, uh, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them. Notice that there has to be a finding. You can read the word and not find it. That's hearing at a higher level. When I hear at a higher level means I found it. It speaks to me. It's no longer a word on a page. It has become a part of me. Remember Jesus said that in John 15? I believe verse 7. He said, if you abide in me. Now, if we're born again here, we abide in him. We are one with him. We are one spirit with him. But he goes on and he says something else. And my words abide in you. Now there is the crux. We can have position in Christ, but yet not have manifestation of that position because we have no word in us. Are you getting bored? Are you with me? So it's not just me abiding in him. His word has to abide in me. He says, you'll ask what you will, and it shall be done. Now we understand that if his word abides in us, we're going to act in accordance with the will of God. We're not going to ask for something stupid, believe in God for someone else's wife. That's not what we're supposed to do. We will know what the will of God is, and we will speak from that abiding presence because his word abides in us amen and then it says for they are life to those who find them and healing 
or as the Hebrew says, medicine. Medicine to all their soul. Is that what it says? To all their spirit. Is that what it says? It doesn't even say to all their body. So there's absolutely no denying what he's talking about. He uses the word flesh. So that means everything that's flesh, there's a medicine for it. And this medicine doesn't just alleviate symptoms. It cures. <coughs> Notice it does not say God's word works like medicine. It says God's word is medicine. Let me say that again. It doesn't say God's word works like medicine or is like medicine. It says God's word is medicine. So what did Derek Prince do? Well, Derek Prince decided that he understood how to take physical medicine. So he began to take spiritual medicine. He said, what do you do in the natural? You take it three times a day after meals. So he made a decision. Every time I eat, I'm going to get into the Word of God. Mm. It doesn't have to be ten chapters, guys. It doesn't have to, you know, a whole book of the Bible. It doesn't have to be that. <coughs> Just get a hold, <coughs> you know, <coughs> of a portion of Scripture and just read it. I remember Smith Wigglesworth. And you know, listen, if you're going to have victory in these last days, you better start reading the old guys. These new guys don't know what they're talking about. I want to talk to somebody who raised the dead, not someone that just has 12,000 Twitter followers. God's Word is medicine. I'm an influencer. Well, he raised 16 people from the dead. I don't think you have any. I'm going to listen to him. He wouldn't even let a newspaper come in his house. So every time he ate a meal, listen to this. Every time he ate a meal, he said, we fed our physical man. Now let's feed our spiritual man. He would read a chapter out of the Bible. That's taking God's medicine. Now you might say, well, do I, does it need to be healing scriptures? No, it says all of it's medicine. Even Chronicles. <laughs> Even Leviticus and the Amplified. It's medicine. It's medicine. So it doesn't matter. You can read Job. It's medicine. Hello, what are you doing? You're interacting with the great physician. You go to a doctor to meet with them face to face about your situation. Every time I open this up, Jehovah Rapha is right there. Amen. Jehovah Rapha is ready to interact with me and have a face to face consult about my life every time I open this word. Is worship important? Absolutely, it's important. But the word must be the priority. And it will always be the emphasis of this house. 
because the word is what gives us the faith that is the victory that overcomes. Amen. So we've got to be attentive. We've got to incline. Incline your ear. Well, your ears, try to incline your ears right now. Can't really do it, can you? Some of you are moving your ears, but you're not, in, you know, they got to come. Inclining your ear is an attitude. It's about humility, guys. And a lot of people say, well, I've heard that. You ain't telling me anything I don't know. People get a nasty attitude about it. Well, I've read that and I've read this. and it, 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 No, inclining your ear means I'm humbling myself and I'm, I'm inclining my ear to hear. The best thing you can do is say, Lord, I don't know anything. Lord, I don't know anything. Teach me. Come to, come to him like a child, like the Bible says. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. Help me, Lord. Help me. I've read these scriptures a million times. I've read Bosworth. I've read Lake. I've read all these things. But you know what? I don't know everything. I need you. I'm telling you, that's the best place to be in. people get an attitude they get mad at you when you ask them questions about what they're believing and what they're standing on some of them don't have a clue they haven't even cracked their bible open they still got the pages stuck together well, what scriptures are you basing your healing on what scriptures are you basing your victory on I didn't know we needed them. Well, you're not going to be able to stand. That's just that toolbox. It's just sitting there. It has every tool I need to be able to fix what I need to fix, but I'm not going to open it up because I'm not going to humble myself to be able to do it. I'm not going to do it. I want it my way. I want God to come with his wrecker and pull me out. And if he doesn't do it, I'm going to be mad at him. And we'll quit the church. Oh, there's people that are doing that. Well, it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen, and it's been going on too long, and, and God, God's Word isn't real. Don't be getting on that. Hello. Yeah, I was gasping for my life, and I never once said, God ain't here, God ain't helping, God ain't. There were times I thought it. You really find out where people are with the Lord. Is that too hard for you? Is that too hard? Is that? I'm just telling you the truth. You find out real quick. Do they have just a casual relationship with the Lord, or do they really are they really sold out? Know that He is faithful, He is true, and that His word is truth. Because you've got to have a tenacity that says, "If I die, I will not deny." God is good. God is great. God is my healer. And I don't need to prove anything to anybody. 
God is bigger than that. I told my sons, I said, if I die, it's not his fault. You got to take personal responsibility for your own spiritual life. Most people just want, well, God, he'll just do it. You know, if God will do it, he'll do it. Well, guess what? He's already done it in Jesus. It's time for you to step in by stepping into his word. Stop you, you know, stop using this to hold papers down in your car. And get into it. Well, I don't understand it. Just keep reading. Keep plodding along. You'll begin to understand it. The Holy Spirit's in you. Amen. Praise the Lord. God will heal you 10 times out of 10 if you do it His way. The Word is the healer. Amen. So as the word is going forth, it's saturating these napkins. It's saturating this atmosphere. It's saturating parts of your body that are fatigued, parts of your body that are itchy, scratchy throats right now in the name of Jesus. I just thank you. The healing anointing right now is going forth right now in the name of Jesus. Appropriate that. Say, I believe. I receive. Hello. People have been wrestling with coughs right now in the name of Jesus. Just begin to reach out right now. Reach out. The power of the Lord is present to heal. Why? Because the words went forth. Faith comes by what? By the word. The word is here. Hallelujah. Headaches. Migraine headaches right now in the name of Jesus. Reach out. Grab a hold. Say, Jesus, you're my healer. You're Jehovah Rapha. You're the Lord who fixes me. I believe. That's how you connect. That's how you connect. I believe. I believe the report of the Lord. Who hath believed the report of the Lord? And to whom shall the arm of the Lord be revealed? Praise God. His arm is already revealed in Christ Jesus. We just have to put our amen to his yes. The Bible says that all the promises of God are in Christ are yes and amen. That means that the healing of your physical body by whose stripes you were healed is true. It is truth. No matter what you feel, no matter what you're going through, no matter what report you've got, it is the truth. It is the reality. Are you with me? <coughs> Stand up. Let's, let's just reach out to the Lord. Amen? Reach out to the Lord. Just begin to extend your hand and reach out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we just appropriate this word. We endeavor to connect with you and to connect with your power and to connect with your word. We just come against any virus, anything that would come against these bodies right now, right now in the name of Jesus and those that are watching online right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare that they are every whit whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bob, come up here. Kevin, come up here. Miss Rebecca, come up here. Father, in Jesus' name, Jeff, come up here. In Jesus' name, this is for Fred Shogger right now. In the name of Jesus, release that anointing right now. In the name of Jesus, we release the healing anointing to go forth. 
We just cause his lungs to be supple and pliable in the name of Jesus. We curse this pneumonia. We curse this virus right now in Jesus' name. And we declare that he is free in the name of Jesus. You're not through with him. You're not through with him. You're not through with him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That hardening of the lungs. We break that power over his life right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're praying for Jack's boss right now in the name of Jesus. Clayton, right now in Jesus' name. Father, we just release the healing flow right now in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Father God, that we curse this COVID pneumonia right now at its source. We command it to dry up in his lungs right now in Jesus' name. We thank you that his O2 levels are going to rise, rise right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we release it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, my brother. Hallelujah. Go forth as an ambassador. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let me give you two good reports before we leave. We had a, a friend of the church. She doesn't go here. She goes to another church in our area. But I was, uh, grew up with her son and knew her family quite well. And uh, when her son comes down from the north... He comes and visits us. And uh, he had been down because his mother had been placed into the hospital and was in ICU with COVID pneumonia. The doctors in Tulsa, America, if you can imagine, told her because she did not have the vaccine that she would never leave the hospital. Why in the world would they say anything like that? Well, guess what? We prayed. We joined our faith with that family. She's home today. Hallelujah. On Tuesday, he, of course, he went back up north. Um, I believe he's in Wisconsin. And he texted me. He said, man, I'm in the hospital. I've got COVID pneumonia and blood clots. And uh, I'm in ICU. And so we pray. He texted me right before I came here to this evening. He said, I'm home. He said, my O2 levels changed overnight. See, you've got, listen, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. Now, I'm not against vaccine or no vax. That's not my call. That's not something that I'm saying. I'm just saying, why would the doctor say something so mean? You're supposed to be a minister of mercy, not of condescension and political. That's just the devil. But guess what? She's home. 
And guess what? He's going to be home. And he's going to be home. We believe it. Amen? I said, we believe it. We believe it. Why? Because he sent his word and healed us. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. We're going to have a good time on Sunday. Be sure and bring some people with you. We're talking about empowered to discover. Amen. We're going to talk about how the devil robs us of our identity, robs us of who we truly are. And we're going to find out. And I'm telling you what, instead of having one Jesus on the scene, we're going to have thousands and millions of Jesuses all around the world that are going to be doing the work of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.